Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's October 5th, 2018. You're listening to the best PokerCast on the internet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. I'm still nasally. I thought I beat the cold and then, or the virus, or whatever you want to call it, but I got it again. It's back. I, I don't know what to do, man. I, I think I need to have my tonsils out and get some ice cream like Radar. Yeah, yeah, no, I have my tonsils out. So that's no fun as an adult, but oh, uh, great. it helps. So I'm not fun. doing it. I'm not doing it. I'll just, I'd rather be <laughs> sick than screw maybe, it. Maybe start with the ice cream, and then if that didn't work. <laughs> if I eat a ton of ice cream, it'll numb my tonsils, and they can take them on. It won't bother me. <laughs> But I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of it. I woke up this morning. I thought I couldn't do the show. I was going to like write you and say, hey, you're free tomorrow? Because I, I don't know if I can do it today. But it, it's all right now. Because my throat is just, oh, I hate this. Well, I hate the fact that the entire world is transfixed on the Supreme Court nomination. No one's reporting any poker news. I know. What's going on? It's really hard to find stuff to talk about on the show now. I don't know why it is. So, so we recorded a day late, so we got really creative. Uh, and I actually kind of think what, I, what we came up with is going to be kind of fun, so we'll see. Because, um, right. you know, when you're at the poker table, everybody likes to debate something, right? Yeah. So so what we came up with today was the great Annie poker debate, and we have, like, I don't know, it looks like 20, 30 things here. Uh, either ors, and we're going to go through them and uh, see where we agree and where we don't. I'm going to assume that we're not going to agree on pretty much of anything. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> All right, we'll start out with uh, poker in the morning or late at night. Uh, poker in the afternoon. <laughs> That's not an option. Oh, all right. Uh, I, I'd rather play late at night. Option. I'm a night person. I, I, I'm not a morning person, although I know you can tell from my wonderful sunny disposition on the show every week. Um, <laughs> but I, I like, I don't know, I, I work nights my whole life. Um, I bowled at night. You know what I mean? Night is my thing. So poker at night for me. In the morning, I can't even get up and focus. Never mind play poker. And not surprised, I'm a morning person. <laughs> but you know, how could you possibly play poker in the morning? I mean, unless you're. Oh online. no, I like I like waking up, going for my walk. When when I'm at or any of tour events, right? I like get up, going for my walk, showering. If I'm at Thunder Valley, go to the steam room, and then sitting right down at the table and playing. Because um, playing at night cuts into my drinking. So. <laughs> oh jeez. Early, and then, then then I can enjoy life after that, right? So. <laughs> but a true alcoholic can drink in the morning, so that is true. But I I, I don't, I, I cannot do that. Uh, football Sunday is an ex- exception. Other than that, are you going to get that White Walker Johnny Walker stuff? Uh, I'm going to get the whole series, man. That is unbelievable. Yes, yes, and, and my favorite is a uh, Lagavulin and sixty nine dollars a bottle. It's normally like one hundred and twenty. Wow. I mean, it's a different blend and everything. So yeah, yeah. Not a different blend, different aging. So, but still. <laughs> All right, let's not get let's not get too off track here. I was just just throwing out a line because that happened this week. We have but... thirty seven to go. <laughs> All right, go ahead. 
right, uh, smelly opponent or chatty opponent? Uh, I'll take the chatty opponent. Will you? All right. Because I, I can't get the image of you saying, get yourself some clean when we were in the radio station that time. We were talking about that smelly kid. And I, you can't turn off a smelly person. That I is can true. tell a chatty person, hey, STFU, you know what I mean? I, I can yeah, say that to him. I would then... argue you can't turn off a chatty opponent either. People that are chatty, they're just going to find somebody else to talk to. Yeah, I could put on a headset. I can't put on uh, something on my nose. Well, you, you can know. put a clothespin, yeah, right? Yeah, bring a clothespin with me to the casino. You got your own kit. You got your headphones. You got your clothespins. You got you know. You got your sunglasses. I don't know. I think uh, chatty's easier than smelly. Smelly just yeah. makes you nauseous. Chatty just you know you just tune them out. Begrudgingly, I'm going to go with chatty too here. Uh, I've sat against <laughs> sat next to my share of smelly, and that is it's tough to focus. It is. Chatty, right? I can turn a put on autograph and turn up the radio. Yeah, like, you know, I've been on, like, sleeper trains and long train rides across Italy with smelly people, and I've been on long train rides with talkative people. And let me tell you, it's better to be with talkative people than it is with smelly people. So, yeah, I'll take the chatty every day and twice on Sunday. All right, the suited Jack 10 or King Jack offsuit? Well. Notice I didn't say Jack. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say that... Provided that one of those is actually a very funny, insulting T-shirt. Um, I will take the Jack 10 suited. Really? All right. I will. The King Jack gets you into trouble. The Jack 10 makes five nut straights. And so yeah. I'm happy right. with the Jack 10. I can get away from it. I can Jack 10, the King Jack is the kind of hand that is a trap hand. Jack 10 is more of a, hey, let's let's make a nice straight here or pop a couple of two pair when somebody has ace jack against you or something, and then you take them down. So... I've always liked Jack-10. I've liked it since I started playing poker. Well, I'm going to agree with you, of course, because you know my Jack-10 is my Achilles heel. I, I really should probably not. But All right, so let me ask you this. If I switch it around, unsuited Jack-10 versus suited King Jack, does that change anything? Uh, it, it probably changes it, actually. It, it really? Pro- it probably changes it a little bit just because, you know, you got well, second nut flush. Like Either you are or you're not, so you got to pick one or the other. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think I think it might change it. I think it changes. I'm gonna go. I would go with King Jack suited over Jack Ten unsuited, um, right. because now you got the flush and you got the second nut flush working for you, um, and then you just teach yourself to get away from it if you have to, if it's something. But if I had to choose one, you know, over all four of them, like if it was King Jack suited versus Jack Ten suited, I don't know. I might take the Jack Ten suited, but hmm. uh, but that's not what you're asking me. This is the great for no, me. No, no. Well, I, I purposely put the suited and offsuit in there to like try to balance the scales, and then I realize as soon as you start talking that I balanced it on the wrong way. Yeah. So, yeah. So or I'll, apparently, I'll, I thought I might have bounced it the wrong way, and you proved that I did. So, all right. <laughs> I'll take the Jack Ten suited <laughs> over the King Jack offsuit. The other way, I'm not going to have to address it because you didn't put it on the list. So. All right. All right. But wait. Uh, so, what are you? You did do Jack Ten suited, right? We said that. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah, did yeah. say that. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Helmuth or Matisau? All right. I met them both. I've talked to them both, and I'll choose D. Um, <laughs> Helmuth. So you see, these are all drawn up to for us not to have a easy answer, right? <laughs> or most of them are. So. Yeah, I'll go with Helmuth. All right, yeah, I'm gonna have to begrudgingly go there as well too. Yeah, um, it'd be more fun, and I think you could say to him, "Hey, uh, how bad do you feel that you weren't in Rounders now, even though the scene was written for you?" And I ended up going with Johnny Chan instead. How does yeah. that make you feel? <laughs> really get them going. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, Matisau seems to be more um, uh, behind the scenes now. He's not, you know, I mean, Helmuth is still cranking along, yeah, still, 
still winning bracelets and stuff, and Maslow's sort of settled down a little bit. You don't hear from him that much. So, I don't know. I think Helmuth, you know, he's got so many more wins, and, you know, Mattisau just tries to make Helmuth mad. Helmuth just is just a character all by himself. You know what I mean? I think he can you can really trigger him and that'd be a fun time. So if you so I'm assuming you mean like being around Well yeah, no, this is what I was gonna get to because um, we got a lot of these uh comparisons coming up. So it's interesting to think about in what scenario. Like I'm um, in a bar fight. Bar Madison. fight I would take Madison. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. uh I, I guess I was just thinking overall <laughs> poker ish, but yeah, I mean it, it would change on the situation. I mean hanging out, uh playing poker with. I mean Madison would be playing Omaha with me, so that'd be a little bit different. That's true. Um but I but I guess just in general for poker, I guess is why I was putting it on there. Yeah, and, yeah. And that sense that I think Helmuth has done more for the game. I'm going with Helmuth. Alright. <coughs> Green felt or colored felt? Uh, green is a color. I'm here to say. I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I when you say color felt, you mean just something other than green, right? Something so, other than green. I like green that. Is the traditional felt, and then now lots of casinos have gone with something non-traditional. Yeah, I like the non-traditional colors. I, I think it's kind of cool. When the first time I walked it, and I remember, I still remember talking to you about it on the show when I went to Foxwoods and I was calling you from Connecticut and we were doing our first or you know very first remotes, and I said. Scott, the brand new poker room at Foxwoods is so awesome. It has like tobacco brown felt, and it was really this sort of warm feeling. You know, it just felt, you know, the green is cool, but it's just so traditional, and it's so, eh. you know, it's probably, per- I mean, it's perfect for like cards and chips and stuff. The green, it really helps it. But I'm, I'm definitely more uh, colored felt kind of guy. I like, I like the colors and stuff. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm one of those Boise State football field guys. So, you know, <laughs> Smurf turf. Don't really care for Boise State, but when they're playing, I'm watching because that's fun to watch. That uh, Smurf uh, turf is something else. We had Smurf <laughs> turf at my college actually, but it was for the it was for the soccer team, and then they uh, eventually moved the football team onto it or something. I think because I've seen photos of it that way now. So yeah, Smurf turf isn't just for Boise State. I mean, it's a lot of people have it. That blue is crazy. It's hard. Sometimes the cameras can't handle it. It's hilarious when you watch it on TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I used to they used to broadcast games in a while because uh, I have a 3D TV, which is ridiculous now because they don't do anything in 3D. But yeah. uh, back in the day, they would do football games in 3D, and they did a Boise State in 3D, and boy, talk about, like, sensory overload there. <laughs> and boy, Z State. Like players disappearing in the lines. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Um, no, I, if, I when I walk into a, a poker room now and I see a, just a plain basic green felt, uh, a little part of me dies, I think, because it's just it's so easy to get these new felts now. And yeah. Now, there are downsides, too, as you mentioned. I mean, sometimes it's hard to find the chips on them and stuff like that. So I, I could see a traditionalist saying the green felt, because unless you have a quarter chip, you're not, not losing anything on a green felt, right? So. Yeah, I mean, if it's all one color, it's fine. It's when they put the logos on it and stuff that you sometimes lose the chips and... That's the stuff that, you know, if it's just a nice nice color with minimal painting or minimal whatever, then it's really it's really nice. The chips pop, and the, and it's just, it's a much more pleasing color to look at for six hours, you know? I agree. All right. All right, deuce to seven, triple draw, or badoogie? Deuce to seven, triple draw. Easy one, right? Yeah. Easy one. Easy one. Badoogie's frustrating. It's I don't mind Badoogie, but I just never warmed up to it. Uh, deuce to seven, there were times that I'm like, I just, I, like in our home game back when we did it, it was like, gosh, I just hope it gets back to me because I want to, I feel like playing Deuce to seven. I've yeah. never like 
woke up in the morning, I'm like, gosh, I hope I can find a Badoogie game somewhere. Well, you know, I mean, when you play Deuce to Seven, there's like, it's it's pretty obvious that, you know, what you have to do and how you're playing it, and it's just regular poker. When you play Badoogie, there's that extra element that can screw you, and it's the suits. Right. You know, so you're not just trying to get Ace, Deuce, Tray, Four. You're also trying to get Ace, Deuce, Tray, Four of all different suits. So it's another element to just piss you off. Whereas Deuce of Seven, I mean, yeah, you could make a flush, but you basically got three draws to avoid the flush. You know, you're not going to make a flush on the last pull. Very rarely do you have four of the same suit and you're hoping to not pull, you know. Yeah. And, but in Badoogie, it happens every hand. Every hand you look down, you've paired a suit, you know, on top of pairing the, the rank, too. It's just, uh, it's just annoying as hell. And I know now that I've said it, we have if we ever have another home game, everyone's going to want to call it just to piss me <laughs> the off. <old> time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, I guess you could argue that there are people out there that are would say the fact that we are frustrated by the suits of Badoogie is exactly the reason that Badoogie is better, right? Because <laughs> it takes that extra element and you have to account for it. But in terms of enjoying playing it, I play. I enjoy playing Deuce of Seven. Badoogie, I tolerate. Yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. All right, uh, you put this one on here. You're going to see if you can goad me a little bit, I think. <laughs> Rounders or Cincinnati Kid? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I could have put California Split versus Cincinnati Kid or, you oh, know. Oh, that would have been a closer one, yeah. yeah for you, you know, because uh, we obviously know which one I'm going with. But I just want to know if, if all this talk and the 20-year anniversary and that awesome uh, Rick sent us, one of our fans sent us this awesome behind-the-scenes, in-depth uh, article about rounders and how they interviewed pretty much everybody who was in the movie or had something to do with the movie, writing the movie, all the inspirations behind things. It was phenomenal. It took me like 40 minutes to read. It was that long. And uh, so I wondered if you've sort of been swayed a little bit with all of this sort of reminiscence and, and, and just everyone just gushing about how great rounders is. And did, did it make you go the needle a little bit more toward rounders or are you still gonna... I, I will say you're absolutely correct i have uh, i have probably switched on this uh, i still like cincinnati kid a lot i still think it's a very pure poker movie um but uh, as we get older it gets older and rounders actually hasn't really aged i don't think i know i agree which is very interesting for a movie it's 20 years old um, I mean, there was not a lot of. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're not talking on cell phones and stuff <laughs> in right, the movie. Right. They're not, not also talking on rotary phones. I I went to see Nightmare on Elm Street last night, which I actually don't think I've ever seen before. Huh. Um, and it's just hilarious them calling each other on these <laughs> these phones and these black and white TVs and stuff. So very very dated, <laughs> right? And uh, now, of course, that's 13 years older than Rounders, but Rounders uh, has has held up. I think so. I think so too. Give him credit for that. Wow, did you just admit to Rounders is better than Cincinnati Kid right now? I, I did, I did. It's again, it's like choosing your favorite kid. You know, you, you can't, but you really can. So uh. <laughs> it's a seminal moment for the show. I think right <laughs> this is great. <laughs> All right, uh, cool. Glasses at the table or not? Uh, <laughs> as a preference, or as I'm looking at these people and saying, "What are you doing?" Uh, well, I guess either way. Um, I will not wear sunglasses at the table, but. I don't begrudge anyone doing it. Sometimes I laugh at them. Um, other people, you know, like, it'd be one thing if you were playing at the highest levels and you didn't want to give anything away. But sometimes the people that are wearing them, you know, it's just hilarious. I mean, they're giving away stuff anyway. It doesn't matter. So, but no, I, I don't begrudge anyone wearing them. For me personally, my choice is not to wear them. 
but I don't care if people wear them. That's I'm trying to answer both questions. I think. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I am a little OCD and nervous, so I've, I've tried wearing uh, my blue sharks a lot at the table, and I just can't do. I keep fidgeting with them. So there's just one more thing to. Oh right. To, so I mean, you also know that I, the only jewelry I wear is my wedding ring. You know, I, anything I have that I can fidget with, I'm going to fidget. So. Fewer things I have, so that's that's the reason I don't wear them. There, yeah. uh, I again I'm with you. I don't mind if other people do. I do find it funny though when people wear. You could tell that they're wearing glasses just to be wearing glasses. Yeah, like the, like they saw it on TV or someone said, "Oh, poker, you got to wear glasses." And no one, so they wear like their members only five dollar ones they got at Ross or something. That, <laughs> that they, members they only. Right, so they have to like pick the glasses up to see the cards. I'm like, I think you're missing the point. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, if you look the part and they they're working for you, more power to you. That's great. But, yeah, yeah. Um, when you're wearing them just because someone told you to, yeah, we're all laughing at you. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. All right, the decorative betting line and betting in quotes because it doesn't not a betting line, folks. <laughs> decorative betting line or not? Yeah, no line. I don't want the confusion. I don't want. And besides, it's just one more thing on the felt that you know we just talked about twenty minutes ago or ten minutes ago, whatever. I don't like so. Uh, no line. All right. From a poker standpoint, I agree with you because it just confuses people. I mean, how many emails have we talked about? It was across the betting line, or he folded across the action line. Yeah. We're like, oh. So from that point, if we didn't have it, then we wouldn't have those discussions, right? Right. Um, but I'm an artistic person, you know, as a designer in a former life, and the lines for <clears throat> purpose, even if they're not serving a purpose. So I, I find the felts with, with the lines on to be more visually pleasing for me for some reason. So for that reason. Yeah, visually, sure. I mean, visually, I'd like to see a beautiful painting on there, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to play poker here, and I don't want anything to, to cause a problem with that. Of course, if we didn't have the line... You know, our show wouldn't be saved half the time by topics to talk about because that's true. Sometimes that's I don't true. have anything to talk about. So, hey, here's that's another one. <laughs> well, I, you know, when we refelt the Annie of Poker Cruise tables, I'm definitely going to refelt them at the Last Supper. <laughs> yes, I, that's I, what I'm talking about right there. You're looking for art on there. All right. So, that's a good idea. Like, yeah. no one else is doing that there right now. There you go. All right. Uh, now, this one, I don't know how we should class, classify it, but McDermott or Worm? Uh, McDermott. My man crush can't can't help it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go not just argue there. I'm gonna go with Worm just because I think he's a more interesting person. Yeah, but McDermott's he's smarter. not a better person Worm, at all. Really, really, Worm is really two dimensional though. I, I I don't think there's anything more to him than just being a scumbag. You know, McDermott's got a lot of layers. He's brilliant. He can he can talk about a lot of different things. It's a way better conversation with McDermott than. Hey, you know, I hosed these prisoners for their cigarettes and threw them out one day. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, I fixed the game. I mean, he's he's more to me. Worm is more one dimensional than three dimensional. I, I think there's more to McDermott than there is to Worm. He's wittier, though. <clears throat> yeah, what do you mean? I would I would call it two bit comedy rather than wit. I, I don't I don't see. Worm. He also didn't dump Gretchen Mole, so. Yeah. Well. You can argue with him about that. Then that's, that's another reason why you want to talk McDermott. You can sort of shame him. Um, but you know, I don't know. Petra, I think, would be better anyway. 
Uh, we should have put that on the show. Oh, I, we already talked about that. Yeah. I had it on there, and I'm like, no, we already I know, talked about it. I know. But uh, I don't know. So you think you'd rather sit around hanging out with Worm? I mean, well, here's depends. the deal. Like, He's going to get I'm you in trouble. If Louise road trip across the country, <laughs> yeah, maybe McDermott's going to be a little bit better for that. But um, watching on a TV, I think Worm is more interesting. So Yeah, well, because he gets everybody in the trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you're expecting me in trouble, then I'm with McDermott. Yeah. If I'm hanging with him, he's going to get my ass beat by cops. So (laughs) I don't want to hang out with him. I want to hang out with McDermott. You know, I go and drink gin, always gin with the professor, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, milk, always 2%. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. uh, Hearts, diamonds, spades, or clubs? I'm a spade guy. You're a spade guy. Yeah, and then hearts. I can't stand diamonds and clubs. Hmm. I'm yeah, a- I think I'm a, I'm a heart guy. I'm just a lover, not a fighter. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I like to bury people at the table, so I like to take the spade and shovel and dig the hole for the trap. And then, but I don't know. The spades are beautiful. They, I mean, the yeah, hearts interestingly are enough, spades would be my backup. So there is something about hearts and spades that are just yeah. Slightly better than diamonds and clubs. Clubs are ugly, I think. Yeah, me too. And the spade is just an upside down heart. So, oh, interesting. I mean, yeah. It really is. So that's Yin all. Yin and Yang. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Wow. All right. Uh, sit and go satellite or a super satellite? I think I. This is a tough one, actually. This is really a tough one for me. Believe it or not, I came. I think I came up with this one, right? I, yeah. Um, I like the idea of the sit and go because it's quicker and it just seems easier to get into the top two or three if they're giving out three seats or whatever it is um you know i I won one in vegas once um the super satellite though i mean i guess that's the other thing too is you know 10 percent of the field you know so it's a tough one it's a toss-up for me it really is but i think i'm gonna go with the sit and go sit and go yeah yeah Yeah, i know you like sit and goes so i figured you'd probably go to sit and go but i wasn't sure what you'd say Always did really well at Singos. I'm actually, you know, at this point, it's hard to find them these days. So, yeah. I mean, back uh, back in the day in Florida, I mean, I, we used to play Singos all the time in the in the rooms. Yeah, loved them, and they were in satellites; they were just cash. Even our home game started out that way. We would have yeah, Singos right. yeah. with all the the times people to get them in, to get their money, and then then <laughs> we take their money and then they go home. But you know, at least we got a bunch of people to play. We played like four or five or six a night. Well, the other thing about the, the single table is you, you go in with a single table strategy and you don't have to change it because you're not having new people come in. You're not yeah. moving tables. When you're a super satellite, you know, you got to adjust more. So, which, you know, as a poker player, you need to be able to adjust. But if you're giving me an option, give me something, a, a very limited battlefield um, where I can focus my attention on a limited strategy. So, yeah, because it's I still, I mean, they they try to make it sound like it's easier but it's still difficult if you had a hundred people in a super satellite you still have to make the final table that's not easy or well, yeah, a single it's, it's you just you know satellites too are winner take all which is very difficult yeah. uh, and other ones only two people advance i mean if you got three people advancing it's a different story you know if it's one or two then i might change my opinion i might go for a super satellite at that point because yeah they are but and you know if they're if they're paying three three spots then uh, i'll do singles all day long yep all right, uh, Sexton or Van Patten? Van Patten. What if you're walking from Los Angeles <laughs> to Vegas? Van Patten. You're taking a ride in Sexton's car instead, like I am? <laughs> uh, I think I'm going with Van Patten. I want to hear about uh, Eight is Enough, and uh, you know, I want to I, I, I hear about the Hollywood days, and 
I don't know. I I, I just think uh, Van Patten's much cooler. I think yeah, this gets back to the whole McDermott worm thing. Really, it's sort of a play on that argument. Um, but I'm too, choosing the other side. I think this time I'm, I'm going with Van Patten. Now I haven't met uh, Van Patten. I don't think, but I uh, have met <coughs> Sexton on several occasions and heard him speak and stuff. And he's got a whole lot of really interesting stories. So. I think he's more interesting than people think. Uh, Van Patten definitely has the cool factor, as you mentioned. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're hanging out at the club or whatever, then, yeah, Vince is probably your guy. But, uh, you know, if you're talking about poker or you're asking questions about poker, I, I don't think you can't choose Sexton. That yeah, and, and I know you just you want to talk about, you know, Sexton and Ohio State and the yeah, course, gymnastics. Yeah, Ohio State ground. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Van Patten. I feel like that would be a more entertaining uh, yeah from a poker standpoint sure although Van Patten's probably got a bunch of stories too his are different oh, types no, of, of stories he does. So. absolutely yeah, yeah. So but, but not, not from the back in the days I mean he, Van Patten's not gonna spin a yarn about Stewie Younger right right it's true that's true yeah I now, think it's interesting that I went with Worm and Sexton and you went with McDermott and Van Patten I know that's what I'm saying I kind of reversed it there for me I, <laughs> I don't know all right, the two four limit holdover twenty forty stud. So why why the why do you have to put the, the betting structure in there? Why because, why does it matter? If it was a limit holdover stud, it'd be a boring question. So, well, I don't think I could so handle you're willing to go out of your bankroll to play a game that you know much better, or whether you would be like, no, I can't play that high. Uh, I would rather yeah, play. Yeah, that, that, you. you've yeah, you ruined it for me with that. You ruined it because there's no way I could play twenty forty stud. No matter if it was twenty four stud eight, I don't think I'd be able to play that. That's too big. It's too big it for my bankroll. Of course, actually, I don't have a bankroll anymore. I spent it all in my bathroom. Um, but uh, two four limit. You literally flushed it. I did. I literally flushed my bankroll. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've actually softened up to limit hold'em over the years, and I actually call it every once in a while in the home game now. I, I, I I've softened to it, so I think I wouldn't even mind playing two four limit. Um, All right. So what if it's ten twenty stud? Yeah. Well, if it's ten twenty stud eight or ten twenty stud, I might consider that. That 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 I might consider. Um, no, I think I still go. If it was stud eight, I would probably play the. All right, so we got to get the ten twenty, and we have to throw the eight in there. Yeah, and then I would probably I would probably choose that's your line. Yeah, All right, that's it. But. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I've softened on limit now. I, I don't mind it that much. You guys really drove it home with me. You know, all those years of us having to play it first before we played Nolan Holdem and stuff. I just, I'm not too bad at it now, so I don't mind it. How about you? What's your answer? Well, uh, well, definitely if it's ten twenty, that's a no brainer. Right. Twenty forty would be a pressure point. I've never played that high. I've played ten twenty with a full kill in Omaha eight and did all right. So I have had some twenty forty hands, but um, but boy, two four limit hold them. Uh, the list of things in the world that I would do before I played two four limit hold them. <laughs> we played in our home game. I mean, that's what we play in the well, home that's game. That's different. I'm playing against really good players in a home game environment. I'm not playing. Uh, yeah. You know, B eleven. <laughs> Are we playing the postage stamp now? Is this the coverall? <laughs> Overall, <laughs> um, I, I think yeah. So if I walked into a casino and they only had the two things going, I would probably take my chance at twenty forty. 
All right. Well, I, I don't think I can go that high. I really don't. I, I, don't I won't be know. It'd be uncomfortable, but it would also be uncomfortable in a different way at the end of the Yeah, time. yeah. But I'd rather be able to walk home. Tough choice, though. You know, not have to walk home, I mean, because I'm broke, you know, and be miserable. Then well, you can walk know. with uh, Vince all the way from, you know, if you're playing at the, <laughs> the commerce. The, that was brilliant. Have to run and catch up with him. Oh, man, that's hilarious. All right, Mississippi straddle or normal boring straddle? Normal boring straddle. Mm. Because now of what it does of... to the game. Okay. The Mississippi straddle throws a, a a real wrench in the game because people just can't adapt to it. They can't understand where the straddle is. If someone's doing it, oh, it's behind me. I didn't even know the guy behind me was putting chips out. Whereas it's the next person in rotation if you do a normal straddle, and it's much easier to ad- adjust to. And it could just you follow your natural instinct is to follow the button from the button to the you know to the right and watch the action. So you see that bet out there anyway. You automatically see it and you think, okay, it's on me now. It, it, there's no confusion. I, it's the same thing with the betting line. I don't want the betting line because it just creates a problem. And so I don't want this to create a problem. So I'm going with normal straddle if I had to have one. All right. I I mean in terms of what I would choose if I'm sitting at the table, obviously the normal straddle. If I had to play a straddle, if somebody put a gun to my head and like, you know, all right, you got aces and eights, I'm going to pull this. <laughs> <laughs> you got a straddle next hand, where do you want to straddle it? Um, then obviously Mississippi straddle. Right. It's the only straddle that makes sense. But yeah. All right, uh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, lawn or Norm? Yeah, I've been thinking about this one too. And again, it gets back to, is it at the table or is it just in life? Like are we having dinner with these guys? Because... Like, I mean, I've I've hung out with Lon a couple of times. Like, actually hung out. Like, went to a party that he was at and, and spent a couple of, you know, decent, you know, minutes with him and, and hung out. And so, uh, Norm is funny as hell. I love his dry humor. Um, and, I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind hanging out with Norm in that instance. And he's a pretty decent poker player, too. And so is Lon. Lon has gotten much better, too. So... I don't know. It's it's a tough one for me, but I I know Lon, so I think I'd rather hang out with Lon than Norm. Yeah, um, I spent a lot of time with Lon at Thunder Valley. I spent a lot of time with Norm at the Deep Stack Charity Classic, so it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, normally, I go with the uh, the funny guy because you know I'm the funny guy. You're the straight guy. Yeah, so yeah, I'm uh, guy. Um, and Norm did sign my Paps can, which is still on my desk. So it's tough, tough, tough tough for me to go against norm but lon is such a super nice guy so but um i, I yeah it's it's a close one but i'm gonna go you're gonna go with who norm oh i thought you like intentionally didn't say the person's name so you wouldn't have to say <laughs> okay. it. i thought you're like yeah so i'm gonna go with him all right so the next one all right yeah that's tough that's uh, tough no, they're, they're a very good pair <laughs> get her hang out with both of them at the same time i think that would be a riot <laughs> All right, uh, I can tell you wrote this one. Any up PokerCast monthly? Um, oh, no, or, it's it's or any up PokerCast weekly. Okay, all right, yeah, he did an abbreviation there. All right, yeah. so monthly or weekly, but we end the streak for good. For me, I choose monthly. This show is indicative of why we need to go monthly. <laughs> okay. We have it's nothing to talk about. Patch. It's not a, it's not been, a uh, trend been, yet. We've been doing this for... I, those emails are more frequent now from Scott. They say, hey, I don't have anything for Banner. Can you think of anything? And I'm, oh, I don't know. What, it's on you, man. It's on you, not me. 
So but we pulled it out of our asses today, didn't we? This yeah, I mean, it's a half an hour into the show, and we're still talking about this lead item that, for some reason, you thought we weren't going to talk long enough. I don't know what it is, but we should probably skip the rest because of the show. Because it was a good item, right? So Let's go right to you know, Matt O'Malley's move or something. Um, to me, I'd like to do the monthly one. I think that if we went monthly, like the magazine, we could we could recap the magazine. We have plenty to talk about over a month. You'd be able to find something to do. Do a little bit longer show, but do it once a month. And Or for you, it's going to be tough. you got to pick one. Would you rather break the streak and say, all right, we can, we can miss a week here and there because Chris is obviously on his deathbed, but he's still doing the show, hacking and coughing See, up a lung? The difference was a week here or there. So all it says is we end the streak for good. So <laughs> to me, that would mean just one week off streak is officially dead, and then we go back to starting another streak. It's like <laughs> no, why does it have to be another streak? Cowlick sits, and then he goes back in and starts right back over. What it should have said was, end streaks for good. I should have <laughs> made it say that instead of the streak. So I'm assuming you picked the one that ends the streak, and we keep going every week. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I look forward to it. I mean, you know, sometimes, some weeks is busy, and it's tough to do this, but uh, for the most part, uh, I've always uh, looked forward to this, and particularly back when we started the company, I'm like, and things were really difficult back then, right? Yeah. Um, it was the one hour of the week that, you know, felt right every week, you know, regardless of all the other crap that we were dealing with. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, betting 149 chips online or splashing the pot live. <laughs> so to me, it's like. No comparison for me, obviously. Which one annoys me the most is what I'm trying to get at here. Oh man, nothing was more annoying than to watch a Scott bet one forty nine on Poker Stars, and you'd see these stupid stacks all over the place. Oh man! Poker Stars could have taken care of that by not animating chips. <laughs> That's the only reason I did it. Yeah, it could just been a number. Yep. Um. All right, I, I'm gonna go with the uh, the betting hundred forty nine chips online because they, they don't all animate the chips. Some of them just do numbers and whatever, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I like this one you put on the corporation or the crew. Now in this case, it's not whether or not you're rooting for who was in the corporation or who was in the crew, but rather, I think it could be the same thing as a Sex and Van Patten thing. Who would you rather be a part of? Would you rather be in the corporation or in the crew? Would you rather hang out with them? And here's the deal: people, I barely remember who was in the crew. You yeah, Fishman and Boyd and Fishman. Yeah, we got away from that, and then yeah. you know the corporation obviously is all the big names. You know when they took on that Dallas guy, a uh, diet that banker, Andy Beal. Andy yep. Beal. So, um, I don't know. What do you think? I want you to answer because I put this one down. Um, I, 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 it'd be tough for me to pick the crew in any scenario. I, I'm not down on the crew, but I'm one the. The corporation, the people in there were just amazing, right? The, yeah. the structure of it, the fact that we even had a corporation where you had all the best poker players in the world teaming up to beat this banker <laughs> and yeah. failing at it quite a bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that's just like that's the ultimate dream team there. Um, the crew, they, they they obviously played very well for a while um, and some interesting personalities, probably more fun to hang out with, but um, – but just everything about the corporation I found fascinating. So. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I could have put, like, the Brat Pack instead or whatever those... Remember when it was the young... The first crew essentially was, you know, Negranu, John, John Jawanda, Phil Ivey. Those were, like, the first young guns that... Right, and right, I think right. they called them, like, the Brat Pack or something as a joke. 
but they were some young group. I can't remember what they called. I think they called them that, but I'm not sure. I could have put them down, but now they're like, you know, now they're older like we are, and so they don't really fit that. So, and the crew basically they're all older now too. But I just thought if you can go back in time and be in part of one of those two groups, which one would you be? I guess I choose the corporation too. The crew was yeah. cool because they were young and hip, and they were they were taking over poker at the time, you know, and it felt like yeah, that was literally the, like Fishman's plan, right? We're taking over poker. Yeah, taking over poker, exactly. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. All right. I don't know where you're going with this one, but <laughs> Mimi Rogers in her prime or Kate Winslet in her prime? She's in her prime right now. Oh, okay, so well, that's what I'm saying. Do you want her now? Or would by you the want... way, a happy 43rd birthday today, Kate. <laughs> I will celebrate with you after we get done uh, with this ridiculous line of questioning. Yeah, so, uh, seriously. Uh, no, we've... no, Mimi Rogers, I, I was... Oof, ridiculously in love with yeah back in the day um, and then she started playing poker and that just made her even more attractive. I know uh, very very difficult there but, uh, but but Kate's always been my girl so yeah well because you're like you know your your Facebook poll there between her and Winona Ryder or whatever I'm like sham of a poll I know that's just that's just that's much of a so shame bad for my my friend Amy who even thought that Winona Ryder might win that but. I know uh, but when I said Mimi Rogers I thought this is gonna be tough for him I thought uh, that, you know it's again you know um, God is um, <laughs> not created anything but Darwin's created <laughs> some really really attractive women and um, these are two of them so oh but, you're killing me I I I'd have to go with uh, Mimi. I think I don't think I would. I think I choose Mimi. That's fine. I want Kate all to myself. So ah, you can have. Her. I'm not going to fight you there. All right. Uh, all right, another good one. You you put a couple good ones on here. Thanks. Uh, I say with great surprise. Uh, <laughs> fast annoying dealer making some mistakes or friendly competent slow dealer. Yeah. Yeah, I put it on there, so you go first. Would you want somebody who can deal really fast, but he's kind of annoying and he makes a mistake every once in a while because he's trying to be so fast that he flips cards? And Or do you want somebody who's just really, just really, you just really, you know, you really connect with this dealer. He's friendly. I, I, I think, yeah, the key here was the friendly on the comp, and that, that, that tipped that one in my favor because um, I do these annoying, these, these dealers that try to be so fast that they make mistakes really do burn my toast. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that we're getting hands out, particularly in a tournament. But um, but I'm just they annoy me. Whereas the the slow dealer only really truly annoys me when they're not offering anything to the game. Right? right. They're just totally turtling up there. Um, <laughs> then I'm then that becomes way more frustrating to me. Um, but you know if they they're nice and they're they're having a conversation, they're not making mistakes. They just Need a cattle prod? Um, I would take that one. Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. I mean, I there's something about watching dealers making. And if they're if they're if it was like our business too, like if it was the poker cruise business, yeah, I'd want the faster dealer because he deals more hands, you make more money, kind of thing. Um, but if he's making too many mistakes, where it equates to the same amount of hands as a slow, competent dealer, then I want the slow, friendly one. You know, uh, I just I'd rather have a dealer that I connect with than someone who's just annoying me with their affectations and their conversations. And then on top of it, they're making mistakes just because he's getting a lot of hands out, a lot of them getting pulled back. You know, so yeah, I think I go with the friendly, competent, slow dealer. Yeah, I think that would probably be pretty. Uh... We agree. I can't believe it. We agree on a lot of things today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all right, the final one here: uh, any a poker cruise with no milk. Or any of Poker Cruise with only Omaha 8. 
This is not as hard as you think it is. <laughs> you think this is hard for me, but I would take I, the well, cruise with no milk. I, I don't know what you're going to drink for dinner because, you know, every time the waiter comes, you're like, I'll have a glass of milk. Can you do this little thing with your hands? Yeah, I do. Because, I, well, <laughs> first of all, uh, I went on like the first five cruises not realizing I could have milk. <laughs> so, so that was easy for me. I did five cruises with no milk standing on my head. So I could totally do it now instead of having to face Omaha 8 all night long. I mean, <laughs> so that's an easy one. You think it's going to be hard, but that was easy. Oh, man. Because <laughs> well, when, you, when you book these cruises, you're like, and uh, what, 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 what do we drink? And they're like, well, you can get the soda package or you can get alcohol. And, well, what's the regular? Well, you know, they have like iced tea and lemonade and water, but they, you have to buy soda. No one ever says you can have milk. They'll say coffee. So I didn't know you could have milk. Then one day I saw a kid drinking milk. I'm like, how much is the milk? And they're like, what do you mean how much is it? I'm like, how much do I have to pay for the milk? Like, you don't have to pay for milk. I don't have to pay for milk. I've been on five cruises, and I didn't have to pay for milk. Give me a gallon right now. Can't believe I wasn't there, though, because I would have totally slipped 10 to that uh, <laughs> that waiter and told him, oh, my God, he's you got to charge him for that milk. you got to charge him for the milk. It's don't worry. Now. He's not going to pay it, but you got to charge him for it to see his reaction. <laughs> so that's an easy one for me, and I'm, it's a no-brainer for you. Exactly. That, that's 100-0 there for me. All right, how about any at Pope Cruise with no alcohol? Oh, okay, now we're getting tough. Or any at Pope Cruise with only Omaha 8. Which one do you choose? <laughs> I don't get to play Omaha 8 a lot, so I might, I might go Stone Cold Sober on a cruise just to, just to uh, play, Omaha play, play Omaha nonstop. But, See, hmm. now I would... I would Slip. Now you were just throwing a different game in there than it's a yeah. tupper. I would slip the the servers of money and say, <laughs> no, "Forget it." That was interesting though. That was fun. Of course, it took forty minutes. Now we got to run through the rest of the show. That's all right. Yeah. All right. Any updates? The schedule and structures for the Pearl River Poker Open, an Antioch Poker Tour series at Pearl River Resort in Choctaw, Mississippi, has been released. The 11 event series, October 25th and November 4th, kicks off with a 100K guarantee multi-day event. Includes seniors and women's events, and ends with an $810 main event that will put the winner on the cover of Annie Up Magazine. For all the details, including how you can get low player hotel rates, visit AnnieUpMagazine.com slash Pearl River. Our 2019 Annie Up Pillar Cruise schedule includes a 16-night Panama Canal crossing, an 8-night Southern Caribbean adventure, and two shorter weekend cruises. Passengers on all sailings get a one-month membership to advanced poker training and a quick reference poker odds card from thegamblingschool.com. For more info, visit AnnieUpCruises.com. Find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or your home game and you're not sure what the proper ruling should have been, email us at podcast at AnnieUpMagazine.com. We'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo Director of Poker, Elliot Schechter, tell you how he would have ruled. This week's prize is a setup of J-Design playing cards, the official playing cards of Annie Up Poker Cruises, available at ClassicPlayingCards.com. Comes from Jim Voodoo Gilson. He says, he says, I was at a 1-3 uh, no-limit hold'em table at an Ohio casino in late position, sitting in seat 10. Four players to the flop, small blind bets, the other two players fold, and now it's on me. I double-check the board and think for a few seconds. I'm looking down at my chips and cards with a decent calling hand, maybe a raising hand. My hand is covering my face from the perspective of the small blind as he is in seat 3. 
I raise my head literally only after about 10 seconds, and the flop is gone, and Pot is being pushed to the small blind, who still has his cards with a $1 chip on top. I quickly state, I'm still in the pot. The small blind tosses his cards into the muck. The floor asks the small blind if he can identify his cards, which he denies. Other players state he threw them in after I said, wait, thank you honest people. He claims that he didn't realize it. Ultimately, the floor asks the dealer how much was in the pot and how and what has the small blind pay and has the small blind pay me for half of it. I'd only been there a short time and wanted to keep it friendly and moving forward, so I let it drop. Was this right? I still had a hand, and he mucked. Uh, I'll tell you, I learned some stuff with this answer. <laughs> I, actually, I always learn something from Elliot, but uh, particularly, there's something particularly I want to talk about at the end of this. So. Okay. All right, Elliot says, uh, from Robert's Rules of Poker, quote, uh, to retain the right to act, a player must stop the action by calling time or an equivalent word. Failure to stop the action before three or more players have acted behind you may cause you to lose your right to act, unquote. Uh, Elliot goes on to say, not only did your opponent not realize you were in the pot, apparently the dealer didn't realize it either. You raised your head after only 10 seconds to look up and see the action. In that not-so-brief period of time, you failed to protect your spot in the betting order and keep the dealer from pushing the pot. It appears as though three players in the dealer had time to act before you looked up. I feel that you were quite fortunate to have been awarded half the pot. Declaring your hand dead in this situation is not unreasonable. Just because you possessed a hand and the better doesn't, uh, didn't, doesn't mean that you have a rightful claim on this pot. You may not have intentionally hidden your cards, but at least two people, seat three in the dealer, did not notice your cards. If I were making the ruling here, I very likely would have ruled that the entire pot belonged to seat three. Protecting your place in the betting order is an important part of protecting your hand. Protecting one hand is understood to be one of the primary rules of public poker. You did not appear to credibly protect your hand, nor did you appear to call the bet that seat three made in order to get the dealer to push them the pot. You being in possession of your cards here is not enough to sway the decision. Wow, that's an interesting ruling. Yeah, okay, good. I mean, it's it, you know they say protect your cards. I've never seen it say protect your place in the betting order. Oh no! Actually, when I responded to Voodoo, I'm like, I feel bad for you here, but I'll tell you, I talked to a number of tournament directors, and protecting your action is a very important part um, in their thinking. Wow. Um, now, so I guess I'm going to get to what, what I. I learned here is it always I was always curious when people said time when I was on them right yeah because to me it's your action you can take as long as you want and if if people get frustrated with it then they call the clock on you but so saying time it, it almost seemed like an irritant to me I'm like just shut up and do what you need to do right right uh, but this is the situation now I'm learning where that would have saved uh, Voodoo's hand here had he said time because then he would have verbally said, hey, guys, I got a hand. You obviously can't see it. Um, and I'm going to take a take a couple seconds to think about it. So I'm no longer going to be annoyed by when it's going to be people call time because wow. of this answer. Wow. That's crazy. Um, now, I will say, it, it, uh, I think what Voodoo's problem with Elliot's response is going to be is hopefully he'll um, accept and understand the loss of action right right but uh but he was very clear that after he looked up and made it known then the the small blind or c3 or whatever it is at that point then he thinks intentionally mucked his hand if he didn't intentionally muck his hand then i think things change here right yeah because he still has cards to beat you with and recreate the board right right <clears throat> so i don't know if that changes anything or you know if elliot first um 
intentionally looked over that or in, unintentionally looked over that or whether that would have changed anything to him. I don't know, but maybe it didn't. But that's the only thing I can see that's a little – would still be a cause of concern here. But, yeah. but yeah, protecting your actions is an important thing. So, you know, make sure those cards are visible but capped. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you're if you're a small guy and you're sitting between two big guys <laughs> – with big hands, I always hate that. The guys with the big hands, right? Um, you might want to think about uh, saying time out loud or verbalizing that, hey, hey, I've got cards. Don't pass me by. He it it made me think of that Seinfeld episode when his date had man hands. That is the funniest episode of all Seinfeld episodes. Bar none. I don't care. The, comp- the, the competition or the contest or whatever, not even close. Man hands is the funniest episode. All right, so uh, we get to uh, find out what O'Malley's move is today. Uh, here comes part one, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. It's a new day at Harvey's Poker Room in Lake Tahoe. We played about an eight-hour session yesterday, but are planning a considerably shorter four-hour session today. We bought in for $300 and are right around our starting stack. It's early in the night, the the under-the-gun limps, it's folded around to the cutoff who also limps, and we are on the button with the king of spades, king of clubs. All right, let's get this party started. With two limpers, we make it $25 to go. It's folded to the the under-the-gun who calls. This player is weak and loose. He can sometimes be passive and sometimes aggressive, but for the most part, he makes bad poker decisions. The cutoff also calls. There's around $75 in the pot, and the flop is the ace of hearts, nine of clubs, six of hearts. I'm not crazy about the ace, but after it gets checked to us, we're going to make a value bet. We make it $50 to go. The under the gun looks at his stack, counts it out, only 97 total, shrugs and shoves. The cutoff folds. So, we may have lost track of the under-the-gun stack here. It's only 47 more. Is this a snap call, or are we trying to save money here? What's the move? I don't care if this opponent is weak and makes bad decisions. All he needs here to beat us is an ace, and that's an extremely likely card for an under-the-gun player to have here. The only other hand that makes sense is a flush or a straight draw, we can probably make an argument that if we call and lose, we have a good chance of getting the money back from a player who plays like this. Uh, but I think I'm going to wimp out and fold here. I think mathematically we probably should call, but it really does seem like we're beat. I don't know about that whole under the gun likely to have an ace because he only called preflop, so I don't know if well, that's true. But it could be like a suited ace or something. So uh, I I do. The shrug to me is a huge tell. And that's going to make me fold. So that that's the tipping point for me, the shrug. So I'm going oh, to fold, too. Point, yeah. yeah. Point. All right, here we go. Here comes part two. Hello again. I'll admit here, that was a mistake. I lost track of my opponent's short stack, and it probably is going to end up costing me another $47. We have to call here, begrudgingly, knowing we're behind, and knowing we need to pay closer attention to details if we're going to finish this session in the positive. We call. Our opponent turns over a suited ace, seven, and rakes in the pot after the board runs out safe. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying, make sure you're keeping track of everything at the table. This mistake cost us more than a third of our stack. I hope to see you on the felt. 
I think this is why my limit upbringing helps. Uh, O'Malley felt he was pot committed here, and and he maybe he was. I think that's what you mentioned before, um, athletically. Yeah. Um, but it really, really, really seemed like this player had the hand that he did have. So for me, saving a quote unquote bet here, I think was the right move. Yeah, that shrug just it falls under a basic tells category for me. When somebody just sort of like sheepishly bets, you know they've they've got your king's beat in this. It just feels it. He just feels it, you know, like he's got you beat. So um, it's funny when you said limit upbringing. I'm like, I hope your mom and dad aren't listening to this show because <laughs> they don't understand what you meant by that. They're gonna be like, "What do you mean limited upbringing?" <laughs> All right, it's time for the VanPokerTraining.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antietmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. I think we got a new uh, submitter this week. Uh, Ricky C is in the house, Chris. Okay, cool. And he said, I just finished a tournament. I still can't wrap my head around the biggest hand I played in that tournament. Blinds were 400-800 with an 800 big blind ante. Hmm. Starting stack, uh, 15,000. The average stack at this point was squiggly 23,000. I started the hand with 19,000 on the button, four players limp, and I looked down at king of spades... King of Hearts. All right, so we got a pretty decent blind amount here already, uh, and then you got the big blind ante in there, so that's that's a big uh, big pot already, um, and you got all these limpers. So if we were going to bet without limpers, traditionally you'd bet three times the big blind and then maybe add the antes to it. So if you're going to make it twenty four hundred already. Then you've got ant the ante, so you might make it like thirty two hundred. Then you've got all these limpers, which you usually add on. If you got how many did you say four limpers? Four limpers. So that's yeah. another thirty two hundred. So you're looking at making this bet like you might as well just shove with fifteen grand, I would think. No, and I nineteen nineteen grand. So I mean you're looking at three thousand plus Three times as twenty. You're looking at like a seven thousand chip bet already. That's almost half your stack. So I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I'm going to raise, but if I'm going to raise, I'm going to make it a decent amount. It can't just be some crappy number that you got people to come in for. There's a lot of money in that pot already. I'm probably yeah, shoving, to be honest with you. I think I'm shoving. So I'm, well, I'm really curious, a a smarter poker player than us, how they would answer this because I'm doing the math the same way you are, right? So. <clears throat> be a, a normal standard raise if you count for the blinds and the limps and all that um you're right it's right around seven or so maybe now yeah at that point you're pretty much committing your hand uh your you're committed yourself to the pot right, right. so and generally the rule is if you're going to commit yourself to pot just shove right now right rather yeah. than um have one by call and then flop an ace and then like what are you going to do now right so um but the other side of me wonders that whether a raise of seven or eight thousand or whatever would succeed in getting at least one caller that we can battle with and get more out of this. Whereas the shove, I don't know whether we're going to get called. Um, but then I can flip back and say, "There's four limpers in here." Someone might think that we're just trying to make a play at this pod and and be squirrely enough to call. So, and that's what we'd want too, right? Unless they obviously have a better hand, which right. is likely. <clears throat> Because he said so, the average stack was around twenty three thousand, so you could easily see somebody speculating who has like thirty or forty thousand in front of them, saying, "You know, I think this guy's trying to steal it," and then he could speculate with some random ace, 
you know, and then for seven grand. So you might get somebody to fall. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably show us the way to go here. And 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 even if everybody falls, you picked up thirty two, four, forty eight, more than five thousand here. Yeah, that's huge when your stack. That's twenty five percent of your stack. Five thousand. It's all yours because it's big blind Annie. You didn't post the Annie. You didn't post an Annie here. So, um, so yeah, that that gets you up to above average now. Yeah, that's a huge. I I shove. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I had, had to talk it through there a little bit, but yeah, you're right. Shoving, shoving's the only way to go here, I think. So, uh, all right, our hero raises to twenty two hundred. What? That is not. That is not enough. If they had no limpers and no, you know, antis, it's still not enough. Yeah, it's, it's, or it's it's borderline enough. That's a little yeah, bit it's right there, almost on a min raise if you count for the ante. Yep. Yeah. So. And with four players limping, you're probably going to get it. Well, and plus we get the blinds act before us too. I mean, we could end up with six, six guys, opponents. yeah, with kings. And good luck winning with that. But. Yeah. All right. Um, he says he gets two callers, one in the middle position and in the cutoff. Well, already right, dodged a bullet there. <laughs> uh, slob comes, tray of spades, tray of hearts, deuce of diamonds, and it checks around to us. Oh, I'm betting. I there's no chance in hell i'm not betting um i mean now there's what six thousand from the six hundred from the raises and then i don't know so the cutoff so the blinds are in there so that's another 12 so you know that's hey, like another it's like eight thousand in the pot yeah now you shove because you're gonna, you're gonna bet around the pot roughly the pot so that's half your stack anyway so you might as well just shove now protect yeah, your I, hand exactly um all right our hero checks I'm thinking neither would have called with the tray in their hand and probably would fold to a bet, and I was hoping to represent ace-king. See, here's the deal. is You're trying to get more money out of someone when there's plenty out there already, and yeah. there's only only uh, bad things to come, especially because it's hand of the week. But um, really, you you're, you want to build a pot and take the pot. You don't want to go to the river because you're going to build as big as possible pot. That's old thinking. You need to take this pot now and move on. Take advantage well, of the other two. Remember, all it takes is an ace to beat us now, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's unlikely that we're beat right now. It's hard to imagine, although I mean, we didn't raise much, so it's hard to imagine a tray or a deuce in here, but it's possible. Right. But uh, at this point, I'm like, you know, any ace comes and we're sunk. And there's so much more danger that could come. we got two more two more cards to come as well, too, so got to end this thing now and there's a lot of money in there like you said so yeah let's look at it this way let's say so who puts in the big blind ante that's the it's the big blind right yep so the big blind has 1600 invested in this pot basically but yeah, he's not in. he folded though he folded no, no no i'm just i'm, I'm doing oh, okay. a what if how you thinking if that person had ace trace suited He's not calling a fourteen hundred to protect his sixteen hundred, and he's got a suited ace tray. You know, ace tray diamonds right now makes perfect sense for someone in this. When you only bet, you only bet twenty two hundred. Yeah, you know what yep. I mean. So yep. to me, that's an easy call. So the tray could still be out there, but I'm not going to not bet because of that. Right, right. All right. Uh, the turn is the tray of clubs. So our board now is tray, uh, tray of spades, tray of hearts, deuce of diamonds, tray of clubs. Both players check again. Oh, that's bizarre. Now, we, I mean, you can't not bet now. <clears throat> How could you not bet now? You know, you're losing streets to make money. Um, and if you're somehow behind, you're going to find out anyway. But you have to make a bet that's healthy. I'm still going to probably shove. Although now that they checked around again, I probably want to get some money out of them. So I'll probably bet a little bit. 
you know, I'll bet like. Well, I almost wonder if, yeah, now if we show now, it looks like we're really, really trying to steal the pot now, and maybe get somebody with a smaller pair to call, or or just a naked ace, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I I'll bet a little bit, two grand maybe. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm going to show up here. And you still seven? Okay. But, um, all right. Uh, our hero says, I think for a minute and decide to make a big bet hoping to induce someone to call uh, playing the board or folding my big pair. I bet 7000 I don't know. Here's the deal. I mean, shoving it seems like the right play. Betting a little seems like the right play. Betting 7000 now, you're opening it up to someone now shoving well, on I'm you. From it. Yeah, right. You know? I guess you're going to. I mean, you're going to call or whatever, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not here, so maybe that's not the worst thing. I don't know. It's a weird, weird bet, but I mean, it's, it seems like it's the right amount of bet when it's eight thousand out there, you know. But now you only got one card to come. You tend to make your bet smaller on the end. So I don't know. We'll see. I I, I kind of cringed a little when he said seven because you can't fold now if the person shoves, and if you bet two, maybe you could have folded. You know, you could have been. You know what? Maybe he does have a three or something weird. So yeah, that'd be kind of sick if we wake up and see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, the middle position player audibly says he's just playing the board, but tanks and folds. All right, uh, one player to a hand person. Nice. Um, cut off uh, tanks as well, and finally reluctantly says, I guess I have to call. He does, and turns over ace, ace. Oh, man. Ace, ace. Was floored. He never bet an entire hand and didn't raise even after my bet on the river. Uh, he almost folded, I believe, to quads, I guess. Um, and uh, I guess he, we didn't get a river card here, but we lost. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, did we skip something? Because it sounded like... Thing. I'm sorry. All right, what oh, happened? Gosh. All right, hold on. All right, turn card is... Yes, all right. Oh, boy, sorry. So did we... Wait, when they checked, what did we bet? You said seven grand? We bet 2,500. I'm sorry. Oh, you bet 2,500? Oh, well, that's what? around what I said to bet. Okay, that right. makes more sense. He's back on that. And the river was a deuce of hearts. So. Okay. Trade, trade, deuce, trade, deuce. And then that was checked, and then the rest of it happened. All right. Well, if it's checked to us again, I I think we have to bet here. I mean, I I, I feel like there's no reason that we're beat oh, here. absolutely have to bet at that point. <clears throat> yeah, we got a better full house than than any other hand but ace-ace, and we got the only thing we're beating us is ace-ace and a, a random quad tray. So at this point, it feels like we're just, you know. But they both called. That's very interesting. So they must have their own pocket pairs maybe, and they're – you know what I mean? That's that's or ace, like I said, at that point there's been really no aggressive action in this hand, so I would stick around there with an ace. Yeah, maybe. For a twenty five hundred dollar bet and a pot that big now. Yeah, maybe. I mean I, I guess I shouldn't say I, I it would depend on what my stack is. I mean everybody seems a little bit short stack. Not completely short stack, but I, I don't want to be bleeding chips here, so I probably wouldn't, but I could see other players sticking around with an ace here when it's checked. I mean, it's, it's almost min-raise pre-flop, checked yeah. on the flop, and then min, very small bet on the turn, right? Yeah. On a board like this, where it doesn't look like anybody has anything, so. Yeah, I'm betting. I mean, I, I probably just shove at the end. There's so much money out there, I have so little left, I'd probably just shove it. Um, well, and particularly at the end, too, because, yeah, I mean, everybody's playing the board at that point if you don't have anything else, so, I mean. Yeah, it makes it like you're trying to steal it. It, it would take a bigger pair or deuce or the tray here to actually no, the deuce doesn't help at all. It would take no, a bigger pair or the tray yeah. in order for me not to get any money out of that pot. So, so two hands beat you, just two hands, pocket aces and a three, and the tray. Yep. 
unfortunately into one of them. But obviously, uh, it's more than two hands, Frank. Don't tell me that. Don't send me some email and say, actually, any tray with any other card is another hand. So I know. I mean, any hand with a three in it, and then any ace ace combo. All right, don't give me an email. I don't need it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, so let's see. Uh, all right, at the end, he says uh, that hand troubled a stack. He busted shortly after with ace, queen versus king, queen. Uh, but that hand still troubles me. Uh, he says, I guess I could have checked the river, but I thought I was betting for value. Um, yeah, you definitely were. I mean, the you know, obviously, I, I had a couple conversations with Ricky, and uh, I think he's going to become more aggressive now because that was his big problem, right? He was yeah. really weak <laughs> on this. But. That being said, the aces played this hand even worse, I think. Yeah, I mean, he goes broke no matter what he does in this hand. No matter yeah. what he... Or not goes broke, because I guess the... Whatever, but... Um, sure, he, yeah. he loses he loses his hand no matter what happens. There's no way he gets the aces off no matter how he plays it. Uh, it was just somebody was playing it weird, like an old an old man who played five-card draw in 1953. You know, I mean, that that's the... But that, I don't know what this guy with aces was hoping for. I'm I like... I, is he playing just... Is he set mining with aces? <laughs> I know it's hilarious. I mean, he gets a board with two trays on there. Now he's got a you know the best two pair possible out there. Uh, I, I guess you're worried about a tray at that point. But then, um, but then the turn. Now you bolt it up. So I mean, again, I guess if you're already worried about the tray, you're still worried about it. But then you end up calling on the end. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, the call on the end, I'm not folding because I have aces. I mean, I guess you could shove. But I don't think our guy has a three. Well, yeah, the fact that he didn't, uh, or did he shove? He just called. He just called. Uh, I guess I have to call you to be called. Yeah. So I mean, he was petrified of this tray the entire time. So that's I'm not sure I got that far in the tournament. If I mean, yeah, yeah. But there's those of us that are scared of monsters on the bed, and this guy's petrified. (laughs) He probably sleeps with the lights on. Oh man! All right, I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.